Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. Uh, I hope you've all had a very lovely, lovely long Easter weekend and not, like me, attended a pretty disappointing egg hunt. Apparently, I didn't need to bring a rifle, horse, or net. Ha! I am joking. Uh, Welcome to Partly Political Broadcast, uh, but this isn't a proper episode, as I'm having a little bit of a week off from staring at the news in order to give myself a vague notion that we're not all completely and utterly doomed before cracking on with next week's show all over again. Uh, Obviously, though, tons and tons of stuff has happened in the last uh, seven days, uh, and so I thought I should do a little very, very quick thing for you, uh, and then at the end of the episode, uh, I've got something... I say special, it's probably not really, but something a little bit different for you anyway. Uh, So here we go with a very, very quick headline. David Cameron's Easter message was all about how we have to defend Christian values from terrorism. Uh, The Prime Minister's mentioned upholding Christian values a few times now, and it makes me wonder if my theories about Conservatives reading books backwards is a real thing. You know, for example, I'm sure George... uh, For example, I'm sure George Osborne read Robin Hood the wrong way round, so it's a tale where poor people have to give up all their stuff so that rich people can have nice lives. Similarly, I'm pretty sure that David Cameron has read the Bible back to front, so it's a tale of tons of people who are really very, very happy until Jesus arrives and ruins their lives completely. Otherwise, there is absolutely no real explanation for Cameron wanting to defend values he clearly doesn't uphold himself. I mean, look, I am not very sharp on religion, but I'm pretty sure there's absolutely no part in the Bible where it said, And lo, Jesus stood upon the mound and did tell the people that healthcare should not be for everyone. And then he met with the bankers and the moneylenders and said, I shall not overturn your tables, no. Instead, how much will you donate to my election campaign? And then lastly, Jesus did turn to the lepers and say, All of you are fit for work. And now, a very, very super quick, with or without EU. With or without EU. With or without EU. So far this week, the Brexit campaign has been full throttle on its strategy of making us realise that if we leave the EU, creative writing will really, really thrive. And they've done that by providing several stories so full of bullshit that you'd struggle to sell them as manure. Well, especially not with the EU's manure nitrogen efficiency policies anyway. 
The first of these is that the Vote Leave campaign have a letter backing Brexit uh, that has been signed by 250 business leaders. Of these, two have already dropped out, which were the Carphone Warehouse co-founder and the Phones for You co-founder, and I'm pretty sure even more will drop out, it's just they're not as good at communication as the other two. So, that's 248 businesses out of the 4.9 million businesses registered in the UK. Great stats, guys! I assume if one person's leg out of 1 million people said it was brilliant fun setting fire to yourself, you'd think that was a winning argument, right? The second was by the Vote Leave campaign, who've released a list of serious crimes caused by EU citizens in the UK. To try and scare everyone that all these EU citizens coming here causing crimes. I really hope that they've also released a list of serious crimes caused by UK citizens in the UK and eventually just persuade everyone to evacuate this island and leave the entire place to foxes and pigeons. Oh, and finally, after the really, really horrific attacks at Brussels airport last week, many pro-Brexit campaigners said that we now have increased chances of a terror attack in the UK if we stay in the EU. Um, which I can't really see how or why, but I presume it's because with the removal of the EU citizens queue at British airports, terrorists will just see how long the wait is and give up. Otherwise, there is absolutely no grounding for that statement at all. And that's all I'm going to say, really, this week, uh, and that's all I'm going to say on the horrible Brussels attack last week, um, as it's sort of too soon to comment on things like this, especially if you're a comedian. Uh, Similarly, the bombing in Lahore or the Iraq football stadium, and it's something that I've always felt... Uh, is a bit odd that people often tell you as a comic, oh, it's too soon to mention that. It's too soon to give some sort of insight as to what happened in these serious events. Yet, if you're a politician or you're a journalist, it's absolutely fine to jump on it immediately and give it loads and loads of context that it probably wouldn't have otherwise. So what I thought I'd do this week on a week off is post you a little bit of stand-up that I did. Um... All about the Charlie Hebdo attack, which happened in January of 2015 uh, on a similar theme. And this is from my stand-up show called The World's Full of Idiots, Let's Live in Space. Uh, And it was recorded in January and hopefully will be released uh, on uh, film on the internet uh, very, very soon uh, for you all to purchase and buy. Um, And this is a short little clip and I should say it's not mixed properly. It's not edited properly. I've just taken it from some of the audio track Uh, so uh, hopefully it will be alright and as soon as the full thing's out I will annoy you regularly on this show to buy it all of the times that I can stay alive thanks very much so uh, here you go, here is a very short clip of my show The World's Full of Idiots, Let's Live in Space I hope you enjoy About a year ago there was the horrific attack at the Charlie Hebdo office in Paris now, I feel I should prefix this uh, by saying I know that there has been an attack in Paris more recently and I'm not going to talk about that because somebody will tell me that it is too soon. It is too soon to try and give some sort of comedic insight to be able to understand what had happened there and how we cope with it uh, and often laughter is the best way at coping with things but it's too soon, don't do it now. Uh, if I'd wanted to write a hot opinion, a hot take or some sort of incredible commentary piece, I could have done it two minutes after it had happened. Uh, this attack on Paris makes us realise that I've been reading asterisks with the wrong voices in my head for years. I probably could have done that, you know. Uh, if it had been Coldplay bleeding in the Blatter clan, uh, would all the terrorists have just fallen asleep? I probably could have written that if I was a journalist. Uh, but I'm not. I'm going to move away. I want to look at a year ago, right? A year ago... It was the attack on the Charlie Hebdo office in Paris. I'm sure you heard about it. It was horrific. It was on the news. And on that day, I bumped into a comedian uh, that I know. And that comedian had been crying, like really crying. And I said, what's up? What's happened? And they said, this attack today, this attack 
is the death of satire. They're threatening all of us. This is the death of satire. And that blew my mind, right? Because, I, I mean, I'll be honest, for a start, that day I'd been travelling a lot and I hadn't really watched the news much. And the thing that had been really upsetting me that day were people standing at the tops or bottoms of staircases. You know when people just sort of collate there and they stand and they hang around at the tops or bottoms of staircases, just in the way, and you're like, that is not what stairs are for, right? <laughs> stairs are not for standing at the bottoms or the tops, they're for going up to things or down to things, right? <laughs> stairs are for going up to things or down to things for slinkies or for making people's deaths look <laughs> accidental. That is all they're for, right? <laughs> Get out of the way. And so I hadn't even been thinking about it. And then they said it was the death of satire. And I was suddenly like, is it? What, because uh, a satirical uh, journalist and artist has been killed? That's the death of satire. Can you kill satire? Is, you know, it's, it's just a comedy format. It's not a physical thing. Can you destroy it? You know? It's a bit like when um, Don McLean sang The Day the Music Died. And you think, well, can you kill music? And then you watch the Brit Awards and go, oh, yeah, yeah, you can. Um, <laughs> yeah. Done it a few times, yeah. yeah. What I realised is that my friend had made that attack about themselves. They'd seen it and gone, how does this affect me? How does this horrible attack affect me? And, and everyone did it. Over the next few days, as all the information started to be released, everybody... It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about... Work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He did it. Rupert Murdoch, the world's richest talking testicle. Um, <laughs> he made a very quick statement where he put on Twitter that all Muslims should apologise for the killings in Paris. All Muslims should apologise, which is a, a ridiculous statement to make. There's 1.6 billion Muslims in the world. They're not going to have exactly the same thoughts and feelings as those two quite clearly deluded extremists. That's a bizarre thing to say. It's like saying that all Catholics should apologise for the actions of, uh, you know, Catholic priests, or that all neglectful parents should apologise for Justin Bieber. It's not... <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You know, it's something that's uh, very recently been echoed by everyone's favourite wig on a bag of bluster, Donald Trump. Um, you know, where he said that he wanted to ban all Muslims from America. Well, all of them? You haven't, like, you haven't thought this through uh, at all, Donald. And people said, well, let's ban him from the UK. Let's ban him from the UK. I'll show him. And I thought, I like the sentiment, but we shouldn't ban him from the UK. What we should do is let Donald Trump come to the UK and then ban him from leaving until after the presidential election is over. <laughs> Fuck you, Donald. So, that would be more powerful. So... So you had Rupert Murdoch saying that, and then also a couple of days after the attack, 
Sajid Javid, who was the culture secretary at the time, he made a big statement about the Hebdo attack. And he said, this attack on Paris is an attack on Britain. And I thought, no, it's not. <laughs> Those are two different places. <laughs> How have you got into government? You don't know where places are. Uh, ridiculous. And people everywhere said, this is an attack on freedom of speech. That's what they said. This is an attack on our freedom of speech. And they said it in blogs, and they said it in articles, and they said it in newspapers, they said it online, and they said it in the radio, and they said it on the TV. And they, I, they said it to a point where I almost wanted it to be an attack on freedom of speech, just so they'd shut the fuck up. You know? Stop it. And all the governments marched in Paris, uh, a week or so after the attack, they all marched and they said, we're going to march to defend freedom of speech. And the French government marched and they said, we're going to defend freedom of speech. And then two days later, they locked up a comedian who did a Facebook status that they didn't like. Um, <laughs> now, I should say, if you don't like uh, a joke that a comedian does, don't punish them by locking them up. Just give them silence. Well done. Um, <laughs> After the French government, the Saudi Arabian government were there, they were marching and they said, we will protect freedom of speech, which is already hilarious. And <laughs> already brilliant, like a parody of themselves. And, and at the time, I mean, they've done so many horrific things that demean freedom of speech, executing people because they want democracy. That's not freedom of speech in any way. And, and at the time, they were uh, flogging a journalist because he'd done a blog about, uh, about wanting democracy. They were flogging him. That is no way... To, to act on freedom. That's not giving people freedom of speech, it's the opposite, it's oppression. There is a little bit of me that does like that they flogged him for blogging. The alliteration there's quite nice. Um, you sort of wonder if he'd done a tweeting, would he get a beating? Um, and I guess if he did something on LinkedIn, nothing would happen, no one gives a shit. So, you know. And then the UK government marched, and the UK government said, we will defend freedom of speech, January of last year, we will defend it. And then in May of last year, uh, just after the Conservative government got into power, one of the first policies they pushed forward was that they were going to tackle minor extremism. Minor extremism, an incredible term already. How, how do you have the smallest amount of the bigger stuff? Is that possible? That's a paradox, isn't it? It's like Tory rebel, that can't happen. And how do you be a minor extremist? And, and, and minor extremism, according to the government's definition, was anyone who devalues or demeans British values. Now, I don't know how many of you here consider yourselves British, but I think that probably the best British value that British people have is our ability to demean and devalue British values every single day. <laughs> that's our best thing. Every single day I hear people going, well, that's shit, and I fucking hate that, and I wish I was on holiday. This is rubbish. It's <laughs> our best British value. I think that the British citizenship test should just be a list of 10 things, and if you like any of them, you can't come in. That's what it should be, right? That's how you know if you're British. It's ridiculous. And David Cameron stood outside number 10 just days after getting back into office, and he made the most terrifying statement I've ever heard a politician make. And he said, as a society, we have been passively tolerant for too long. We've said, as long as you obey the law, we'll leave you alone. <laughs> For too long now, we've said, if you don't give us chip, we won't kick your fucking head in, but no more. Like, oh, <laughs> terrifying, isn't it? I mean, God, you know, and this is one of so many things they brought in, I, I could do a 
this another two-hour show about, but the, it was in the same time where they were saying they wanted to get rid of the Human Rights Act and replace it with a British bill for British human rights, even though the Human Rights Act was written by British people for British people, so well done, everyone. And <laughs> it just what it makes me think, right, is, and, and I want to get this very clear at this point in the show. Um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, okay? Um, if any of you are, fine, but I'm not. Uh, I often think they're quite ridiculous. But every now and then you get a little inkling that one might be right. You know? Like, for example, the idea that all the government are actually giant lizard people. <laughs> and you go, well, that sounds silly, but then you want to get rid of the Human Rights Act, but aren't you humans as well? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they just recently voted against moves to make sure that people that rent accommodation make them habitable for human beings, but are they habitable for lizards? <laughs> <laughs> they uh, got rid of lots of green subsidies, got rid of uh, solar energy subsidies, and you sort of think, well, I suppose global warming lizards would thrive better in a warmer climate. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, just saying, if they remove VAT on flies, fucking there. So, <laughs> just saying. And so, you know, it's a, year, it's a year later after the Ebdo attack and we sort of go, what, what have we actually learned? What's changed? What's actually changed? Sure, there was another attack that was horrific, and, but actually in terms of this protection of freedom of speech, what have we actually learned? I mean, we've learned that that attack in itself was, was senseless violence. Should people have been killed because they drew cartoons? Probably not. Should they have inflamed people with uh, sort of angry cartoons? I don't know, right? Maybe everyone should just stop being a fucking dick, right? But what's really changed? Like, nothing, I guess, you know? I, I suppose the only thing we say definitely changed is that all of the world getting together and saying, just sweet Charlie, in solidarity with those that died, it's kind of nice that everyone bothered to learn a little bit of French for once. <laughs> and that's it for this very, very brief, partly political broadcast mini Easter episode. It's a bit, a bit like a mini, mini egg, yeah? Sorry, sorry. Um, that's it, uh, anyway, for this week. Um, we still need a partly big society for next week's show, so if you've got a local issue that you'd like me to talk about and promote uh, the campaign for, please do give us a shout. Uh, and give us a shout anyway on the Twitter at Bro, on Facebook at Bro, or on our email at partlypoliticalbroadcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, please do keep reviewing us on iTunes. We've had some lovely comments on there, uh, and more of those would be brilliant. Uh, and we'll be back next week when I have got 101 things to rant about uh, and tell you because there are so many awful things but until then why not enjoy Easter Bliss uh, and we'll see you in a week's time bye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.